I, I'm kind of hoping it's like, so mine's the 12th, my brother's is the 14th, so she's born on the 16th. That would just be easy for me to remember, and it's far enough away, like a week before. And then, uh, or the 21st would be nice, because just 12 reversed in the numbers would be easy to remember. Okay. Of this month? Okay. Mark does? No. His oh, sister. his sister. Okay. Yeah. He's August. You might want to turn that down a little bit. I turned it up and that's that's pretty. Oh, that's uh, wrong way. Father, God, uh, we just thank you, Lord, for all that you are, for your Son, and um, God, for this opportunity, just to once again just point the way to you this morning. Thank you for the music, the gift that you gave us of music, for voices to uh, just sing praises to you. Just pray that that's all that would be done this morning, the way it would be pointed to you. And we ask your blessing on the run through technically musically and um, just help us to um, just create a we pray that you would be in it and that you would create a place where people would just worship freely this morning thank you father and say this in your son's holy name amen
when you choose the long-winded ones to go first. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to just go from verse 2 because now that I've got a feel for it, that'll be good. Okay, so... Shepherds, why this jubilee? Why your joyous dreams prolong? What the gladsome tidings be which inspire your heavenly song? Cease, my comforter, 
my all in all. Here in the love of Christ, I'll stand. In Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in helpless babe, this gift of love and righteousness, sworn by the ones he came to save, till on that cross, as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied for every sin on him was laid here in the death of Christ I live there in the ground his body lay light of the world by darkness slain then burst forth Amen. Question mark. Amen. Question mark. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, so this one, I have the first slide is Gloria four times, I think. I'm going to start with that and also end with that, so it should be the first and the last slide. Okay, cool. I wanted to make sure it turned out right.
That does look nice. I like that. We should do that background for the music at least, if you guys are okay with it. Oh yeah, well, that's nice. A different one for each song. They oh cool, decent. cool. And, and Christ alone, that one's a good one where you can really read it. Um, this one is okay. He has got the words. There's only okay. two lines, cool. and he's got them at the bottom. Cool. And it looks good. Oh, it's nice. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Should be the mountain bus <laughs> Just oh, of course it is. Yep. You're right. The one that was supposed to happen Friday or whatever. Yeah, It's a really good one, isn't it? The only line that is kind of like eh for me. Is in verse 2 it says, uh, King who came with no crown or throne, helpless he lay, the invincible. It's like, not really helpless, because it's God. But, right, yeah. From our perspective, it's like, how? How is this God, right? But. No, not with it. Yeah, we're looking, it's. Yeah, I know. Which flowed be of sin, the double cure, save from wrath and make me pure. Not the labors of my hands can fulfill thy law's demands. Could my zeal no respite know? My tears forever flow. All for sin could not atone. Thou must save, and thou alone. Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to the cross I cling. Naked come to thee for dress, helpless look to thee for grace. Thou light to the fountain fly, wash me, Savior, or I die. While I draw this fleeting breath, when mine eyes shall close in death, when I soar to worlds unknown, see thee on thy judgment throne. 
Like a vagus cleft for me Let me hide myself in thee
I've sent her the information. She said it'd be pretty good with it. They don't want us handing out cards. I'm trying to get it to where we can put like a Sunday invite card on the table, and if someone sees it and wants to pick up one, that will not be a problem. But they don't want us to. She said no proselytizing. Don't don't call. Did you pick up? Does anybody have Jared's keys? Yeah. He turned the keys in and left them. He put them in the office the day that he did some work and he left. And then he was gone uh, the next day. Okay, I got mine. Does anybody have a key to the box? Oh, Jim's got a key to the box. And so does Dennis, but Dennis left him home, so I'll go home again. Uh, be careful. <laughs> and then I think we've got. So all these are on the old bulletin? Yeah, let me look. I'll find one. Um, ben, are you doing the advent the candle? I don't know anything about it. Or do you want Mark to do it? I guess I want Mark to do it. Okay, I'll tell him. And instead of re scripture reading, we'll do this because it's my scripture yes. reading. And then I'll let him pray, and then that'll be Okay. Well, if he won't, does he want to just do them now? Probably should. If he's up here, let's just do that. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not up now. Right, and it's all his, except adding the gift wrap. The nurse, okay, the gift wrapping and the nurse is all here. Let me just get a piece of paper. Yeah, I'm going to get this one. Yeah, just want to we just want to share your light this season there's so many things that we can get involved with so many things that demand our attention around this time of the year but in this moment in this hour we just want to just focus in on the things that you've given us Lord the hope that comes every time we think about this season and Lord, we do thank you that you came, Lord, and you gave your life for us. And Lord, the, today in this hour, Lord, we pray that our, our worship is, is truthful. Our worship is pure from our hearts, Lord. And Lord, we pray to, that you guide our hearts and minds and let us learn from you today. And we give you the honor and praise in Jesus' name. church we'll go ahead and stand angels we have heard on high sweetly 
one is over, so... Yeah.
Emmanuel This the Christ who was long foretold Who in the shadows of Bethlehem Promise of dawn now our eyes behold God most high in a manger laid Lift your voices and now proclaim Great and glorious love has come to us Join now with the hosts of heaven Come we to welcome Emmanuel King who came with no crown nor throne Helpless he lay the Emmanuel, joy and peace for the weary heart. Lift up your heads, for your King has come. Sing, for the light overwhelms the dark. Glory shining for all to see. Hope alive, let the gospel ring. God has made a way.
Father, our God, we thank you, Lord, for your Son that you sent. God, we thank you for your Word for this um, day that we have to gather together once again in your name to sing praises. We thank you for giving us voices to sing to you and to speak your Word. And um, God, we just stand in awe of you. Father, be our strength, be our refuge. And, um, God, we just, we thank you for this opportunity. We ask that you prepare our ears, hearts, and minds to receive your word this morning, that we would grow by it and, uh, learn to love you more each and every day. Thank you, Father. And say this in your son's holy name. Amen.
Good to be with you today. Uh, <clears throat> good to be in the Lord's house. I need your prayers. <clears throat> this has been a busy weekend. Uh, had a funeral for a mother-in-law. Um, she was 97. She passed away last week. And uh, anyway, had that funeral Friday and then had to go pack and then hit hit the airport yesterday morning and been in the air most of the day yesterday and at the terminals and trying to prepare for the day and uh, Jimmy wants me to do Advent tonight with <laughs> with uh, them at Reach so it's been uh, like I said it's been a busy weekend and I appreciate your prayers um, I want to do a series uh, with y'all uh, Jimmy, uh, Jerry told me that uh, I'll be with y'all for December uh, this series is adopted from uh, Charles Stanley series it's uh, the purpose for the coming of Christ uh, a lot of times if I was to ask you and most people you know as we uh, study in this Christmas season you know why did Jesus come I mean majority of the time we'd say well he came to die for sin which is correct uh, but there's far more that he came for than a lot of times we don't even think about and so I want to look through the passages of scripture and so we'll be in Matthew in chapter 5 and this is the Sermon on the Mount and we'll start with verse 17 here but uh, this is uh, the first part of this and uh, as we read this passage of scripture we'll see that uh, you know Jesus did indeed come for more than just to payment for sin and i encourage you to get your bibles uh, or turn them on <laughs> I, I, i'm old enough to where that uh used to you know we uh, th this this was the main copy okay you know your, your personal bible uh, i was in nicaragua and i was doing a pastor's conference down there with the pastors that came out of the mountains and uh, they rode horses and rode uh, dirt bikes or caught a ride on a horse or walked uh, some of them for over two hours just to get to the pastor's conference and one of the questions surprisingly i mean like i said these are the mountains down there not no no internet you know most of them didn't know what technology or anything about that and here's one of the questions they asked me how do you feel about the bible on the phone <laughs> or on your pad I said, well, it's still scripture. I said, but I'm old school. I said, I still like my personal Bible. Now, there's something about holding this book in your lap and as you read. And I don't know about you guys. And I encourage for years. I've, I've said this. I said, man, mark this book up. I get it dirty. I think it was Billy Graham or somebody said, he said, listen, the, the dirtier the Bible, the cleaner the heart. So, so keep it, keep it, you know, your notes uh, in there. And I like some of the newer, you know, especially some of the newer study Bibles because they got wide margins now to where you can, you know, uh, write your notes there. And I encourage you to take notes because, uh, you know, when we come together and God gives his word out, it's not just, you know, me to try to entertain you or try to, you know, uh, maybe give you a, some intellectual thing that you hadn't known before and this is to apply to our hearts and our lives okay this word is living it's not dead and it is to be applied to your life every aspect of your life and and it has the message for us for for everything that happens in our life and a lot of times people say well 
you know, what about this situation? Or what about this circumstance? What does it say you know, specifically in the Bible about that? Listen, it may not verbatim say what you're saying, but the principle is there. It is, okay? So learn to apply it to your heart and your life. And by the way, uh, Tanner and Tabitha, thank you all for the music. Uh, I learned a new song today. It's a new Christmas song. I, I didn't know that. I hadn't heard that one. So I appreciate that, Tanner. And, and uh, <clears throat> I, I love Christmas season. I love uh, listening to Christmas songs, so I appreciate that. And in this passage, passage of scriptures that we'll be reading, it goes right along with the Christmas season, okay? If you will stand... For the honor of God's word. And by the way, that's uh, found over in Ezra. And a lot of people don't know that either. But they stood as Ezra read. And so that's the reason why it would be good for us to follow that. And say we'll stand for the honor of God's word. Uh, Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount. And starting with verse 17. And Jesus is talking here. Some of y'all may have red letter. And I'd help you understand that this is Jesus talking, okay? Do, you, do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill or complete. For assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> will not pass, by no means pass from the law until it is all fulfilled. Lord, please bless the reading of your word. I pray, Lord, that you would let it penetrate our heart, penetrate our minds, penetrate our lives. That, Lord, we'd become those who are not just students of the Bible, but, Lord, actually we're living out the words of Christ in our hearts and our lives to a lost world. Thank you, and I pray, Lord, that you would accomplish in our hearts and our lives today what you sent it out to do, because you said it would not return void. And, Lord, if there's one here who has never given their life to Christ, I pray today they will do so. Pray also, Lord, that you would help those who could not come today. Pray, Lord, that you would bring healing to them mentally, physically, spiritually. And I pray for those online, Lord, that you would help them. And, Lord, as the body of Christ, help us to understand that, Lord, you have called us to be on mission 24-7 to a lost world, carrying the good news that Jesus Christ has come to save. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you will do. We give you the glory. If the Holy Spirit now take control, is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. May you be seated. Now, again, the title of this series is going to be, uh, you know, what was the purpose for Jesus coming? Uh, and we'll see that there's several. And, and here we see Jesus in Jesus' own words. And listen to what he says. He says, do not think that I came to destroy the law and the prophets or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill, to complete it, to make it as far as uh, you know, all these prophecies, all these signs, all these things that was given, especially. In, and remember, they didn't have New Testament. They did not. It hadn't been written yet. And here, as we're looking at this and, you know, Jesus is it, most of what Matthew writes about is the Jewish audience. And he said, I didn't come to, you know, do away with it. And he said, I didn't come to destroy it, but I came to do what? To fulfill it. Okay. 
Now, there's several ways that he fulfilled this. And as we look at this, especially in, you know, if, you, if you're writing down one, two, three, four, if you want to do it that way, you can say, number one, he fulfilled it by what? Obeying it. Okay? He obeyed it. Now, a lot of times uh, we say, well, what about when Jesus was 12 years old and he was in the temple? You remember they had came, the family had come down from Passover. And so uh, the mom and daddy, you know, Joseph and Mary, they then got in the caravan and they headed back. And what was it, two days out. And so, uh, you know, it was a long trip back to Nazareth. And so they looking around and, you know, it wasn't anything that a teenage boy or a, a young boy like that would be in a crowd of somebody else with his friends and things like that. And probably thought, well, that's probably where he was at. And then two days into it, and they couldn't find him. So they turned around and went back to Jerusalem. Where was he? He was in the house of the Lord. In other words, the temple. <clears throat> he was in there, and, and he was already instructing those <clears throat> who were supposed to be the learners and the teachers of the law. And so uh, his mama kind of, you know, was upset and said, well, you know, we, we've been searching for you. And he said, well, wouldn't you know that I would be about my father's business? I mean, this is what he came to do. His father's business, okay? And we see today that part of the father's business was, was him to not only fulfill the law, but to obey the law. Now, why is this important that he obeyed the law? Let's look at a couple of passages of scripture here. And I'm on, and that's really why I like that for you to have your Bible, because I like for you to look at these. And go to Hebrews in chapter 4. And we're going to talk about, you know, law versus as far as uh, grace at the end of this, uh, because Paul brings this out in Galatians. But in Hebrews in chapter four, as we look at this, we'll see that uh, why is it important that he obey the law? Now, to disobey the law, the Bible would call that, what would they call it? Sin. sin yes. Thank you. Uh, sin. S-I-N. And so... The disobedience of that would bring penalty. And so we're going to talk more about that in just a minute. But here in Hebrews in chapter 4, look down at verse 14. He says, seeing then that we have a great high priest. And who is he talking about here? Christ, yes. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. He obeyed the law. Even in temptation, when the law says not to commit adultery, he says, I, you know, Jesus said, I'm going to keep the law. I will not commit adultery. Uh, and we can throw in all kind of, you know, different other vices that we talk about that Jesus did. He was tempted in all points, it says, but yet without sin. Now, this is going to tie with the last point, which has to do with, you know, him dying on the cross for sin. Okay. Because he had to be sinless to be able to die. Is that correct? It is. We understand that and know that because that sacrifice had to be pure. It had to be holy without sin. So he had to keep the law in order not to be a sinner. Okay. So another passage of scripture that goes along with that. Let's look over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 
In 2 Corinthians in chapter 5. And this is a good verse to mark, and of course that other was too, but uh, a good verse to mark in your Bible. Verse 21, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. And I'm going to read it so you'll help you understand it a little bit better. But uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, he says this, For God the Father made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us. Why? That he, we might become the righteousness of God in him. So we see Jesus had to obey the law so that he wouldn't be marked as a sinner. Because he had to be clean as far as uh, without sin to be able to be the sacrifice for sin. So all this ties together. Now in Galatians in chapter 4, and I've used this at Christmas time many a time. In Galatians in chapter 4. He said this in verse 4. He says, For when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, Jesus, born of a woman, born under the law. Do y'all see that? Galatians 4, verse 4. This, this is a pivotal verse of scripture right here. Let me read it again. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, in other words, in the flesh, this, this is what this, this, this isn't, you know, giving credit as far as to a virgin birth. But what he's saying here is, is that he was born in the flesh. He had to be flesh, but he also had to be sinless. Okay. All this is tying together. So God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. He was susceptible to the law, just like you and I are. All of us are. The law says the soul that sins, it will die. God gave it. God gave the law. And by the way, you know, a lot of people, they say, well, how important is that law? Do y'all understand that our United States judicial system has been set up by the laws of God? It is true. You know, a lot of our new classroom curriculum, they don't want to bear that out. But if you look at old curriculum, you'll see it's true that most of what we've got was based on the Ten Commandments. I think Ben Franklin had made a comment about that. And so he was born under the law. In other words, he had to obey the law as anyone else would have as a Jew. Okay, he would. Now, you've got two parts to the law that we find in scripture you've got the ceremonial laws and then you've got the moral laws now we as gentiles any jews in here any jewish descendants uh y'all would still be under ceremonial but you know uh, unless you know christ <clears throat> but as far as uh moral law we're all under that the moral law of God. That's what we I just made mention of the Ten Commandments. We're all still under the Ten Commandments as far as, you know, keeping those laws. Anybody uh, ever did a study on the Ten Commandments, you know, this divided up and basically in two parts. You've got the laws that pertain, the law that pertains to God, and you've got the laws that pertain to mankind. Okay? And by the way, you know what that forms? It forms the cross. Okay? Jesus bridged the gap. We got the 
laws that pertain to God. You'll have no other God before you. Not take the Lord's name in vain. And then about remembering the Sabbath. And, and then the first part of the, as far as the laws concerning man is honor your father and your mother. Okay, that your days will be long on the earth. And I always thought that the Lord take me out because I didn't honor mom and daddy much. Because, I mean, there was times I, you know, I was obedient and there was times I wasn't obedient. And I got plenty of whoopings. I don't know about you guys, but in the South, they whooped. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I, know, I know Jimmy can probably give you a, a, a few lessons on that too. Uh, so, but anyway, you got the moral laws of God, okay? That's what we're still under. Now, Jews were under the ceremonial laws. That's the festivals and that's the feast. You know, that's all those, the sacrificial system. And you have the first five books. How many of y'all know what that's called? It's called the law. Moses is attributed to Moses as far as writing those. And uh, I remember several years ago, a pastor at Waco Baptist Church, uh, Ricky, he asked me, he said, Mark, will you we do a study on Leviticus on Wednesday nights? I said, whoa, because, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I did an overall view, especially of the first, uh, the first five books. And uh, I hope some of y'all can name them. But you got Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. That's called the Torah. OK, in Hebrew. And so the Torah is the first five books. And so he said, Mark, will you do a study on Leviticus? And I said, wow. I said, you know, I've never done that before. It was amazing. It was amazing. God showed me how you know this book is alive. Because what happened was, is as I started studying, uh, God put me on this uh, young uh, Hebrew Christian uh, convert who was online. And he started explaining the book of Leviticus in relation to Jesus Christ being the final sacrifice. And I'm sitting there going, whoa, because I, I was going through this, all these ceremonies and all these laws and all these things that they had to keep. You know, they had to do their ritual and washing and, and the ritual and being cleansed of the house and cleansed of their own bodies. I mean, going through every step of this and I'm sitting there going, you know, this is this is the picture of Christ. I mean, the whole book of Leviticus was about a picture of Christ. And I'm sitting there going, I, would, I mean, I was blown away about this. And so Jesus said, hey, listen, I didn't come to do away with it. I didn't come to destroy it. Man, I came to fulfill it. Here's what, here's what he's doing. Man, he's making this alive to us. He's helping us to understand. Listen, there's nothing dead about this book. From Genesis to Revelation, every single bit of it points to one person and one person only. Christ, the Redeemer. That's what he came to do. A lot of times, you know... And please hear me. I'm all about Christmas decorations and everything else. And I was probably the only one in the neighborhood in Temple, Georgia, that had a nativity scene still out in my front yard on Christmas. Most everybody else was. They got, I mean, where did dinosaurs come in in Christmas? I'm sitting there going, what? <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, they got these dinosaurs with a Christmas present in their hand, you know, blow up and, and out in the front yard. And I'm sitting there going, okay, <laughs> I lost something somewhere. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I know I need to get educated, I guess, today, but I, I still like old schools. <laughs> but anyway, like I said, but, you know, God, 
God put on my heart to be a witness. Even if it's a nativity scene out in my front yard and hey, I've got a cross on it and I've got a star on that cross and I've got Mary and Joseph down there with the baby Jesus and I got a sign over here that says happy birthday Jesus, and, you know, and, and that's pretty much and I've got uh, two deer out there. I said that, you know, that pretty well is and these were handmade deer. But anyway, I've got these deer out there and, you know, that's the gist of my Christmas decorations. But that's what it's about. But please hear me. It ain't just about the baby in the, Jesus, in, in the manger, okay? A lot of people still want to leave him there. And a lot of people still want to leave him on the cross. Hallelujah, ain't there. <laughs> He's not. Man, he came to give us new life. But he had to go through a process. Please understand something. This wasn't just about some simple thing, a task that Christ had to do. Man, he had to come down. Not only that, but he had to obey the law to the tittle, to the jot. The smallest letter in the Hebrew alphabet. The smallest mark. He said not a single one of them would ever pass away because they would be fulfilled. Every single one of them. He said, I didn't come to do away with it. I came to do what? To establish it. To make it complete. And to verify it. And here, listen to me. He was under the law. He was born in the flesh. But he still had to be under the law. He was, and here's what I think about. This big microscope. Or, or this big magnifying glass. And Jesus was under it. And all of us are watching all the Hebrews and the scribes and the Pharisees and, and the people of Israel and all over those surrounding areas. And then when they did the ministry in Galilee, they were all had Jesus under a microscope. They were watching. Is he going to fall? Is he going to go to temptation? <clears throat> what about when somebody comes up and ridiculed him or rebuked him or whatever else they had to do to him? The scribes and the Pharisees, what were they doing? They were trying to find some kind of fault in him. But he stayed true. He stayed holy. He stayed under the law. He had to. Because he had to redeem us. It wasn't just a little baby in a manger. <laughs> it was far greater than that. But now we come to, he said, not only the law did I obey and keep. But I came to fulfill what the prophet said. And that's what we'll be talking about tonight at Advent. Because the first candle and, and another way you do Advent is talking about the prophecy candle. And how Jesus fulfilled the prophecies. And we just, when Mark, you read one of them just a minute ago in chapter 9 of Isaiah. But do you realize how many prophecies there are in Scripture? That has to do with his first coming. And by the way, while I'm there, let me tell you, there's prophecies that wasn't just about the first coming. It was about his second coming that hadn't happened yet. But hey, it's coming. Amen. He fulfilled the first ones. You might as well mark it down. The second ones are going to be fulfilled as well. Okay? They will. Let me give you one of the first ones. Go over to Genesis. And by the way, anybody know what the name Genesis means? 
The beginning, yes. The beginning. Genesis chapter 3. We see a first reference of the coming of the Messiah. The anointed one of God. Verse 15, mark this. Now, let me give you a little background here. You've got <coughs> first two chapters of Genesis has to do with creation. And we see that mankind was born. And by the way, the name Adam means mankind. And so Adam was born and then God took from his rib. And <coughs> if you remember Archie Bunker, he said that was a cheaper cut. Anybody ever watched Ar Archie Bunker back in the day? <laughs> but anyway, but anyway, he said he said that uh, he put Adam to sleep. Oh, and let me back up. So he, he made Adam out of what? Dust. Yeah, yeah, dirt. Uh, it's, it's like one guy we had at youth camp one time, and he, he had a Tanner had a song, and he wrote it. And here's the song: It says, "I be I'm, I might be made from dirt, but I'm no clod." <laughs> he sang that for us at the youth camp but anyway but we, you know and God what did what did God do after he formed and fashioned Adam what's the next thing he did <sighs> if you do a study on that and I'm no chasing the rabbit here but if you do a study on that <clears throat> you got wind you got breath and you've got the Holy Spirit. Those three words all tied together. Anybody heard of pneumatic? That's where we get the Greek and the Hebrew as far as wind, breath, air, as far as the Holy Spirit. God breathed into the nostrils of Adam and what happened? He became a living soul. Okay? That's where life comes from. So he breathed into him, and then he made Eve from Adam. And so now, verse 3, I mean, chapter 3 comes in, and now in chapter 3, we have the fall of man, where Satan comes in and tempts Eve, and then the blame game goes on. Anybody ever been in the blame game? I raise my hand. Uh, yeah, Jackson's got his hand raised. <laughs> He's always blaming his brother, and, and then Dylan's blaming him, and... <laughs> So it goes back and forth. Oh, by the way, that's biblical. <laughs> that's in chapter three, okay? And, and I love I love this conversation here because Eve comes up and you know God comes in and says, "Have y'all ate from the tree?" And and then that blame game starts, and the blame game starts with Eve, and she said, "Well, the serpent deceived me." And then I and then it comes to Adam, and Adam says, "Well." says, you know, Eve gave me and I ate. And he said, but Lord, you gave her to me. He was blaming God <laughs> in essence. All right. And then the serpent comes down and then here's where we get to verse 15. OK, and he's talking about uh, 14. He talks to Satan. He says, on your belly, you shall go and you eat dust all the days of your life. Verse 15. Mark this verse in your Bible. This is your first reference of the prophecy. Okay, and I will put, and this is God speaking, I will put enmity between you and the woman, Satan, and between your seed, Satan, and her seed. And how many of y'all got a capital S right there in the newer translations? 
Anybody got another capital S right there? Mine's got a capital S right there. We talked about the seed of Eve. Now, the next part, he says, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel on the cross. That's first reference. Now, by the way, <coughs> women don't have seed. Also a reference of a virgin birth. Okay? <coughs> if you go to <coughs> Isaiah chapter 7. Isaiah chapter 7. And in Isaiah chapter 7, you'll see <coughs> another reference and, uh, has to do with the Messiah. And here King Ahaz is make, having a conversation and he says, uh, verse 14, Isaiah 7. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name, what? Emmanuel. And we sang about that this morning. Emmanuel, which means, and by the way, go to Matthew chapter 1, and Matthew brings this out. A couple things I want to see here in Matthew. Matthew chapter 1. And by the way, uh, I, I like to look at the genealogy. A lot of people... You know, they kind of bypass it, especially in the Old Testament. But, you know, every single word in the Bible is important. Okay? Even genealogy. A lot of you guys, you know, y'all just kind of skip over some of that. But even the genealogy is important in the Scripture. And if you read the first part of Matthew, you'll see this is the genealogy of who? Jesus. Okay? Of Jesus. Now, he was born in the flesh, but who is his daddy? God. Yes. The Holy Spirit. All right, so let's look, let's jump down to uh, let's do, let's just go ahead and go eighteen because we, we, this is part of the Christmas passages that we read. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. Now, remember, Matthew is writing primarily to Jews. Okay, keep that in mind. Okay, because he gives the Jewish genealogy back up here. And if you do reference on that, especially with King David, you'll see that God gave him a promise uh, in First Kings, uh, uh, excuse me, in Second Samuel. He gave a promise that David's kingdom would be without end. How was that possible? But anyway, through Christ it was. But now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, engaged before they came together, she was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. Remember, Joseph is not the dad. If we fast forward to that in the 20, 21st century, I mean, this is looked down upon. And so here, Joseph, in verse 19, her husband being a just man, one who's following the law. Everybody got that now. We all, we've been talking about the law. He said, Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, is what the law said. If he was caught in adultery or something of that fashion, what would they do? If you go back to Old Testament law in the Torah, what does it say? You would be stoned to death. And so he didn't want to make her a public example. What well, was minded to put her away secretly. 
In other words, not having a big court issue, not bringing the law in, but to try to do this secretly, okay, privately. But while he thought about these things and pondered on them, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared. And don't say, but I was just curious if it'd be Gabriel, since he met with Mary. Uh, just, you know, my thinking. He said, Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you marry your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. So with that tie in to Isaiah chapter 7 where it says that she would be a virgin. Yes, it does. And if Joseph, you know, being a, a devout man, he said, well, what about Isaiah 7? Where it says this woman would be a virgin and carry a son. Because, you know, Mary had known a man. If you read Luke. Uh, account you'll see where she says how can this be and so here verse 21 she says and she will bring forth remember the angels talking to Joseph she'll bring forth a son and you shall call his name what Jesus. Jesus and that was a fairly popular name back then but here's the what, what's in a name here's what's in this name Jesus is the Hebrew for Joshua. Anybody have any friends or family that's named Joshua? Yeshua in the Hebrew. Okay. Jesus. And by the way, anybody know what it means? God is salvation. Savior. And so he says, for he will what? Save his people from their what? Sins. Now, keep reading. So look at verse 22 and here's ties into the day's message. Okay. Jesus said, I came to fulfill the law, right? And the prophets. Look what it says. So all this was done, Matthew says, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Okay, so in his birth, we see prophecy being fulfilled. Is that the only time it was fulfilled? No. If you read the Gospels, and we don't have time to go through it all because there's a lot, but you can go through it and you can see how the Gospel writers picked up. Even Paul picks up on it in his writings that it fulfilled the law and the prophets. Jesus said exactly what he would do. He came to fulfill it. He came to complete it. He came to bring fruition to what God had laid down and what he said. And here's something that's very important. What God says, it will be done. It doesn't matter about government. It doesn't matter about what the circumstances and hey, what the society is doing. Please hear that. Don't get tore up about what CNN and all them are trying to put down your throat. It's still in God's hands. It always has been. It always will be. God had the first word when he said, let there be light. And he had the last word and he said, come. For the time is now. Don't get tore up. As a believer in Christ, we know who's got the final word. He's got the final say. All right. 
He also had to fulfill the sacrificial system. That's why he had to become a lamb. John the Baptist, as he was teaching and preaching by the Jordan, Jesus came down to be baptized. And John, in chapter 1 of the Gospel of John, John the Baptist, he is standing there and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. Jesus fulfilled even the sacrificial system. He became the final sacrifice. He became, if you, if you go back and study Leviticus, and some of y'all say, well, I don't know about this. But go back and, man, you know, go, go through and get you a good study Bible and, and get online and find you a Hebrew, Hebrew guy, a uh, rabbi who, who has been converted to Christianity. And, and he'll tell you, say, man, look at what Christ is. He is not only the priest, but he's also the sacrifice. And he did everything according to what the law said. So why? So that he could be that final sacrifice. That nobody could come up and you know, disown that and come up and say, hey, no, he, he, he messed up right here. The scribes and the Pharisees tried to do that. But Jesus fulfilled it. He completed it. And he became... The Lamb of God that would take away the sin of the world. Lastly, I want to talk about this. Let's move it up to those who've accepted Christ in their heart and their life. Christ has become the law for you and I. I have a lot of people come up and say, Brother Mark, <clears throat> you know, some questions is, you know, why don't we, you know, observe the Sabbath? Sunday has become Sabbath for us. And Paul helps us in that. And you can go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, well, 16, the last, last chapter in 1 Corinthians. And he talks about on the first day of the week that they came together. And what did they do? They brought their offerings. They came in, in, in the book of Acts. And it talks about in you know, the uh, second chapter there. And in the third and fourth chapters, it talks about how they came together and did what? They sang and they worshiped. And they broke bread together. And we said over and over again as Christ rose from the dead on the third, on the first day of the week. That's where we as Christians now observing that day of rest. I mean, I remember, and, you know, it's pushed some of us back. But I can remember on Sunday, you'd better bought your groceries on Saturday. Some of you younger ones don't know or have a clue what I'm talking about. But in the South, everything was shut down. Because on Sunday, we went to church. We worshiped God. And by the way, ball games and recreation and all that, they worked around the church. Now the church has got to work around them as far as schedule wise. But there was a time, listen to me, when we honored what God would do. And, and, and we say, well, as, what about all these Old Testament, you know, the ceremonial ones and, and all these other laws that the Jews adhere to? I just want to throw this out. There's some good ones. And I'll use this as an example because I like to have a garden back home in, in Georgia. 
And in Georgia, you know, uh, I, I had pretty good gardens. And one year, the Lord says, all right, Mark, I don't want you to plant nothing. See, there was a time in Jewish history in the Old Testament where you had a seventh day, a seventh year rest, sabbatical year. See, Sabbath means rest. And by the way, if any of y'all ever work seven days a week, you'll know how important that that day of rest is. It'll make you an old man and an old woman in a hurry. You mark it down. God knew what he was doing to give you animals and you a rest. Okay? Alright, so God said, Mark, I don't want you to plant no garden. So he said, wait, wait a minute. You know, if, if I want to get legalistic, well, Lord, I'm a Gentile. You know, why do I have to hear this sabbatical seventh year? So I said, okay, Lord. I didn't plant nothing. You know what happened? I had volunteer tomatoes come up. I didn't do nothing. I didn't, I didn't you know, plow up. I didn't plant. I didn't hoe out. I didn't do nothing. Let it rest. God, he still raised up tomatoes for me. I ate tomatoes and I didn't do nothing. God still fulfill his word? Man, yes. Trust him. Christ became the law for us. And I'd like to get into a lot of this, but let me just let's just go to Galatians and then we'll close out. Galatians in chapter three. Paul's dealing in by the way, the whole book of Galatians has to do with law versus grace. Okay? And Paul here, he's uh, fighting against some of the Jewish converts who are saying, hey, we still got to adhere to all the laws and ceremonies and everything. And he's arguing with them and saying, listen, no, we've been saved by grace. Okay? Ephesians chapter 2, by the way, you've been saved by grace. And, it's, it's in, and it doesn't say in there, and please hear this, it, it doesn't say in there you've been saved by grace after you've done all you can. He says, you've been saved by grace through faith. He said, not a, he said not, that, that's a gift of God. And it's not of yourself. It says it's not a works of yourself. You know, it is the gift of God. Okay. Not about you trying to perform or trying to keep the law or anything else. And by the way, how many of y'all ever kept the law? This is Paul's argument here. Let's look down to chapter 3 in Galatians. Let me start with verse 10. Let's read this. He says, for, as, as, remember, this is the argument, law versus grace through this. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the, what? Curse. Here's what the law says. Y'all listen? Here's a requirement. You need to write that down somewhere. The requirement of the law is that you keep it all. Has anybody in this room, anybody online, y'all can send a comment, anybody that you know of, other than Christ himself, has ever kept every single part of the law? I used to teach children's church years ago when Bonnie was little. 
I got in there and asked him, says, when mama made some cookies, and y'all ever sneak in there and get one after she said not to? And man, that room got quiet. And those eyeballs, you know, those eyebrows just kind of raised up, you know, because they, they knew that what I was talking about. I said, you know, you may have thought you got away with it. I said, but God saw you. But here's the point. None of us have kept the law. This is Paul's argument. How many of us have ever kept the law? Here, here's the dilemma. It's not just about keeping the law. Listen, from Adam all the way down to where we're at right now, here's what happened. We're under a curse. We were born under it. And there's no, not but one cure. And it's Jesus. For as many as are of the works of the law, they are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all the things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Deuteronomy 27, 26, if you don't write that down, that's in the law. Deuteronomy 27, 26. But the one who is justified or declared not guilty by the law in sight of God is evident. The just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith. But of the man who does them shall live by them. In other words, if, you, if you're trying to live the way God said to live as far as keeping the law, you've got to keep every one of them from the day you're born to the day you die. And here's what Jesus would say. It's impossible. You won't. Christ, look, this is a pivotal verse right here. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Why? He who knew no sin became sin for us. That the righteousness of Christ to declare us not guilty will be put on you and me. Because we accepted Christ's payment. Having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Christ became the curse. Christ became the sin. Christ, listen to me, He is the one who took the penalty for me and you. The requirement of the law, you've got to keep it. When you disobey, what happens? God told Adam and Eve in the garden, there was one rule. One rule. Don't eat of that tree. One rule. Because the day you eat of it, here, here's the penalty. Here's what will happen. The day you eat of it, what would happen? Death. Christ took it all. He took the penalty. He took the curse. Everything that we could not do, he did. Romans 8. What the law could not do, as wicked as it was, as Romans 8 says, Christ did. He became the curse for us. Now, Christ has become the law for us. You've got the law living in you. Christ in you 
is now the hope of glory. Christ in you now is what governs you. Is He's the one who gives you guidance every single day of the life, of your life. You've got questions on something and a decision to make. And you're trying to think, say, well, you know, what do I need to do about this? Or what do I need to do about that? The law is now in you. It's in Christ. He will give you the guidance. He sent his Holy Spirit to live in us. Now in Christ, as we sang just a minute ago, we can fulfill the law in Christ because he's living in us. But here's something even better. Even when we decide to go on our own, 1 John 1, 9 says this, and it was written to Christians. If we sin, if we'll confess our sin, he is faithful to, and just to forgive us of our sin and do what? Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What a savior we got. What a gift we've been given. That Christ fulfilled the law. And the prophets. So that you and I could have life. What a gift. Today, an invitation. If you need prayer, I'd be glad to pray with you. If you have somebody in your family that needs prayer, I'd be glad to pray with you over them. You yourself need prayer. Or if you've never accepted Christ, this gift of God, who's fulfilled everything for you, and giving you life. If you would accept him in your heart and your life. Would you come today. And give your life to Christ. Tanner if you come bring us a song of invitation. The Lord speaking to your heart today. Whatever it might be. I pray this Christmas season. Will you be a light. To the Gentiles. <laughs> As Christ was to you. That we would be to somebody else. Who does not know this gift. That God has given in Jesus Christ. As we stand. If you need prayer. Be glad to pray with you today. Whatever it is God's laying on your heart. You never accepted Christ. This gift. Come. Ask him to come into your heart and your life. For whosoever call upon the name of the Lord. Shall be saved. Period. That's God's promise. And he keeps his promises.
that we have in the upcoming events also uh, you know find somebody that uh, needs a cup of cheer <laughs> as the old song used to say uh, and uh, share Jesus with them okay let's pray father again thank you for your love and your kindness towards us Lord you just didn't talk about love <laughs> you demonstrated it we got a lot of people talk today very few demonstrate. But Lord, you demonstrated your love. That Lord, even while we were just terrible <laughs> in sin, you still loved us. And you died for us. Lord, you took the curse upon yourself. Not only to fulfill the law for us, but Lord, now, that we can help somebody else who's still under the curse to come to know a cure. His name is Jesus. Thank you. We praise you. May this day bring honor and glory to your name. As I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.